Welcome to the Servants of Grace podcast hosted by Dave Jenkins. Our podcast exists to provide trustworthy expository messages through the Bible and faithful answers to your theology questions. Now for today's episode, let's join our host, Dave Jenkins. All right, guys. Well, welcome back to the uh, Servants of Grace Theology segment. My name is Dave, and I'm the host for this show. And today, uh, one of our listeners writes in, and they have a great question. And the question is, why are we not to believe every spirit? Uh, This is a really, really important question. You know, deception is rampant all around us from films and television programs to university professors and politicians if we've learned anything it's that lies and deception are rampant it's it's the same in spiritual matters deception abounds first john 4 1 through 3 says this dear friends do not believe every spirit but test the spirits to see whether they are from god because many false teachers have gone out into the world this is how you can recognize the spirit of god Every spirit that acknowledges that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. But every spirit that does not acknowledge that Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you have heard is coming, and even now is already in the world. Well, one tactic of demons is to subtly undermine our confidence in the truth. This tactic is, it's quite effective, let's be honest, since if they directly assault something we hold to be true, we're likely to respond defensively and and their plan collapses. However, by gently and even progressively introducing the seeds of doubt and confusion with regard to a known truth, you can be moved towards falsehood without the need for combat. This was a tactic of the serpent in the Garden of Eden. He did not directly deny what God had commanded Eve regarding the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but he simply introduced the element of doubt. Genesis 3, 1. Did God really say? Now, this simple introduction of doubt begins to work in our imagination. In fact, the more that, that we entertain the doubt in our, in our imagination, the more a desire grows to actualize that doubt in tangible ways. This is just the way temptation works. You see, once you entertain the image of whatever it is you're being tempted by, playing with it over and over and over again in your mind, the more desire grows to fulfill that temptation. It's the same with doubt. The more they're entertained, the more they take root, and they grow into full-blown apostasy. This is is why Scripture tells us it's important to guard our thoughts. Proverbs 4, uh, 23-24 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for, for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free from perversity. Keep corrupt talk far from your lips. You see, when you fail to guard your mind, you fail to act intelligently. You fall prey to disordered uh, emotions and even deceptions suggested to you by the unclean spirits that do indeed roam about seeking your destruction. First Peter 5, 8-10 says this, Be alert and of sober mind. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, looking for somebody to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith, because you know that the family of believers throughout the world is undergoing the same kind of sufferings. And the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, after you have suffered a little while, will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. Now, 
These doubts need not be introduced by direct demonic contact, but, but more often than not are introduced through various forms of media, even other people. In the age of the internet in which we're living in, we have access to literally every form of perversion, distraction, lie, deception known to humanity. As we surf the web, we, we all encounter some a- aspect of it. It's, it's inevitable. And so the more we entertain doubt in our imagination, the more desire grows to actualize that doubt in tangible ways. This is just the way temptation works. Once you entertain the image of whatever it is you're being tempted to do, playing with it over and over and over again in your mind, the more desire grows to fulfill that temptation. It's the same with doubts. The more they're entertained, the more they take root and they grow into full-blown apostasy. This is why scripture tells us, in Proverbs 4, 23 through 24, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Keep your mouth free of perversity. Keep, uh, keep corrupt talk far from your lips. Now, when you fail to guard your mind, you fail to act intelligently. You, you fall prey to disordered emotions and deceptions suggested to you by the unclean spirits that do indeed roam about seeking your destruction. Now, these doubts need not be introduced by direct uh, demonic contact, but even more often than not, they're also introduced through various forms of media and even other people. In the age of the internet, we have access to every form of a perversion, distraction, lies to humanity. Uh, We need to understand these things. Um, So what do we need to know? Well, we need to understand that the objective nature of truth, the objective nature of morality grounded in God's revelation. We need to understand natural revelation and divine revelation. The fact of two genders, one man and one woman. Uh, The fact of sin. Uh, the sacred nature of human life from conception to death and everywhere in between, the existence of God, uh, Jesus as God incarnate, fundamental human rights. In fact, the church father, Tertullian, wrote on the topic of entertainment, while entertainment was different form uh, than it was you know, in his time from ours, uh, the principle still applies. And so Tertullian says this, for all licentiousness of speech, nay, every idle word is condemned by God. Why, in the same way, is it right to look on what is disgraceful to do? How is it that the things which defile a man going uh, out of his mouth are not regarded as doing so when they go in at his eyes and ears, when the eyes and the ears are the immediate attendants of this, on the Spirit, and can never be pure whose servant in waiting are impure? Now, when examined in light of the whole of Scripture has to say on these and even other issues, most forms of entertainment and even most ideas, whether they're spiritual, philosophical, or even political, they all reveal the existence of unclean spirits behind them. So testing the spirits in this way, it's a daunting task. But if if you're not willing... If you're not willing to be diligent in something as important as your eternal destiny, then you have to reassess your priorities. You have to take stock of what uh, what you consume with your eyes and your ears. Is each and every one of them in accord with the totality of Scripture? Are you looking the other way, as it were, on what you perceive to be the little things because you enjoy the television program, the movies, the books, the radio show, etc.? Test the spirits that you might be found faithful at the time of judgment. In addition to the Bible's being God-breathed, this, this important passage, it, it tells us 
in First John four that Scripture is useful. Excuse me, this passage uh, in Second Timothy three uh, sixteen through eighteen it tells us that that Scripture is useful for teaching and for reproof. It demonstrates that all believers should earnestly have their beliefs formed and corrected by the Word of God. Now, if the layperson should seek to have his confusion tested by by the teachings of the Bible, how much more should this be the case for those who are teachers of God's word? Sadly, it is those who purport to be teachers who are sometimes even the most offended when somebody seeks to test their teaching against the word of God. In our own day, for example, many televangelists are quick to call down the wrath of God upon those who would question the orthodoxy of their methods or even their teaching. And yet John reminds us that we're not to believe every teacher that comes our way. In fact, having told his readers that believers have the spirit to give them assurance, John asserts <coughs> that, that not everyone who claims to have the spirit is in fact of God. Now, many differentiate uh, and, and false spirits have, have gone out into the world and it's necessary to test the claims of all who purport to speak the truth of God. First John 4, one tells us. In fact, John gives us specific tests to determine the orthodoxy of teachers. Confession of the Incarnation. In giving this test, John is not teaching that this confession exhausts orthodoxy, for it is possible to believe in the Incarnation and hold unorthodox views of justification, such as those taught by Roman Catholicism and Eastern Orthodoxy. See, John focuses on the Incarnation because this was a specific teaching denied by his original opponents. Now, the Incarnation is, is one essential of the faith taught in the Bible. It is therefore not stretching the meaning here to say that we must test the spirits against all essential teaching of Scripture. Now, the specific teaching for which we must strongly contend may vary, get, vary given our uh, situation or the conditions on the ground. However, we must always confirm our teacher's instructions according to their faithfulness to all the essentials of biblical truth. Now, in, in 2 Corinthians 11.14, the apostle warns us that, that Satan often masquerades as an angel of the light. Our enemy is a deceiver and will sometimes hide in the church, influencing teachers subtly or even overly deny, overtly deny the word of God. And so it's incumbent upon us to know the theology and to study the scriptures so that we might be able to test the spirits. Spend time today reviewing an essential doctrine of the faith, such as the Trinity, the person of Christ, or even justification by, by faith alone in Christ alone. 1 John 4, 1 says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. For many false prophets have gone out into the world. In this verse, believers are commanded to test the spirits whether they are from God. This command is echoed in other parts of Scripture as well. For example, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 20-21, we find Paul teaching Christians uh, to not despise prophecies, but to test everything. Hold fast what is good. In fact, these are just a few of the passages and many others that warn Christians to test the message that people or even spirits proclaim. And this is true in all situations, but most importantly, when a believer or a spirit is claiming to speak for God. Christians are to be discerning hearers and readers of every message that they, that they hear, every message that they intake. And the reason for this teaching to test the spirits or to test all things is that there are many false prophets, many false teachers, wolves and sheep's clothing that lead Christians astray. 
You know, sadly, there's even people who claim to speak for God who are presenting a false gospel that is powerless to save. These errant teachings leave people with a false hope of salvation. And in a way, it, it inoculates them from the true message of salvation. You see, people who are deceived into thinking everything is fine, they're going to be more resistant to the truth. 2 Corinthians eleven thirteen through 15 warns us that such men are false apostles, deceitful workmen, uh, disguising themselves as apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for even Satan disguises himself as an angel of light. And so it's not a surprise that if his servants also disguise themselves as servants of righteousness. You see, their end will correspond to their deeds. And so, so the reason for testing the spirits, for testing all religious teaching, is to see if it truly comes from God or whether it's a lie from Satan and his servants. And the test is to compare what's being taught with the clear teaching of Scripture. The Bible alone is the Word of God. It's, it alone is the reliable and trustworthy and sufficient Word of God. It's without error, and it's not the possibility of error. Um, and so, therefore, the way to test the spirits is to see if what's being taught is actually in Scripture. And in Acts 17, 10 through 11, the Berean Jews were commended because after they heard the teaching of Paul and Silas, they examined the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. In fact, the Bereans were commended. They were even called noble for testing the scriptures to see uh, if what they said was true. Now, testing the spirit, it means that we need to know how to test, how to examine the scriptures. And rather than accepting every teaching, discerning Christians diligently study and read the scriptures, the 66 books that constitute the word of God. Then they, they know what the Bible says, and therefore they can test all things and to hold fast to what is good. And so in order to do this, a Christian must be diligent to present yourself, approved to God, a workman who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, 2 Timothy 2.15 says. You see, the word of God is to be a lamp and a light to our path, Psalm 119, 105. And so we must let its light shine on the teachings and the doctrines of the day. The Bible alone is a standard by which all truth must be judged. I want to thank you for listening or even watching this episode of the Servants of Grace Theology segment. Until next week, may the Lord richly bless you and keep you. Thank you for listening to the Servants of Grace podcast today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe, leave a rating on the app, and share our episode with your friends and family. If you'd like to, you can follow us on Instagram at Servants of Grace, on Twitter at Servants of Grace, or by searching Servants of Grace on Facebook. You can also find this podcast on the front page of our website at servantsofgrace.org.